the Gemara is going to do something that it's done in other occasions, which is once we quoted the name of a famous rabbi who was testifying about the various teachings that he had that were on the Megillah, so he also listed some t- things that he had taught that were not on the Megillah. But this was the one time that he came to the study hall, and so they're all listed. Sometimes those things are connected, and sometimes they have absolutely nothing to do with the previous subject. So this is one of those times where it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the previous subject. So we're going to start from three lines from the bottom. Omer of Yirmiya, on Beis Amid Beis, 2B, or not 2B. You get to do that once in a second, that joke. <laughs> so uh, the name of Yirmiya, he said, Vitem Barava. He said the following teaching. And again, this is the teaching from Yirmiya in the name of Rivkiya Barava. There are certain letters in the Torah that have a final version. Uh, and where did that come from? That some letters have a, an, uh, an end of mem or a final mem. So he, the, those letters are mem, nun, sadi, pei, kuf. All those letters have a final version. So, Menatzpak. So who's, where do they come from? When do we start having, um, uh, uh, when you write it, the same letter has two ways of writing it. So the Gemara answers, Sofrim Omrim. That came from the Nevi'im. Sofim are the Nevi'im, Rashi, Sofim Omram, Nevi'ah Hadoros. Rashi says, that's Sofim. Literally, Sofim means the seer or the one that looks. We talked a little bit about that before, how Shmuel was called a Navi, he was also called the Roa, somebody who sees or who looks. Um, this is a little different. Sofim means they see the future, almost. Sofim, they, they go, Rashi is Sofim Ledoros, they see in the future. That's, the, uh, that's specifically the... Uh, a row is, it could even just be to seize the past or seize the... But Sofa is... Uh, but at any rate, the prophets, uh, they taught us that certain letters, when they're written in the Torah scroll, when they're written, they, uh, they take on the final form when they're at the end of the word. So Lumar has a question. What do you mean that, that uh, this wasn't the original Torah scroll? Vaksiv. It says, Elu mitzvah she'en navi rishai l'chadish davar. Me'ata. Even the prophets have their limits. Prophets can't do anything new. Nothing new under the sun. They can't, uh, they can't abolish the Torah. They can't do anything new. So you, you can't come along and say, well, you know, you used to write that letter this way. I want to change all the Torah scrolls from now on to write it that way. You can't, you can't do that. Uh, and that's number one. And number two, When they came down with the Ten Commandments, with the tablets... There were two letters that were final letters, the Mem and the Samach. Now, the Mem and the Samach, since they're final letters, uh, they, are, they go all the way around. The, the letters are, and therefore, if they're carved out, so the middle should fall out. If it's carved all the way through, let's say you did an O in a letter and you carved out a circle, and, and it's all the way around, the middle would fall out. And so the Lukos that went from both sides were carved all the way through. And so those two letters, the Mem and the Samach, which are two letters which go all the way around, the middle of the letter should have flied out, but it didn't. So uh, the, the reason why was that was one of the miracles. There were a lot of miraculous qualities of the Luchos. Let's do the top Rashi on the right side on today. So first of all, well, what's the miracle? Maybe it was only carved on one side. No. The Luchos were carved on both sides, Rashi says. All other letters 
are not, uh, there must be a word for it in English, but all the letters don't go all the way around. They're attached at one point. Right, they're detached, attached at one point. They're floating in the air. Um, so that's the question um, over here. Um, so what do you see? You see that the, uh, uh, we were given the final forms of the letters even originally. So it can't be that we didn't have them and the prophet said, we got a great idea. Let's, uh, Shem wants us to start changing the forms of the letters. You see that the original Aserah Debros had the final forms of the letters. So the Gemara says, you're right. You can't argue on that. It's pretty good proof. In, yes. Mida Havi Havi. There was final letters. Uh, that's really, we agree. But, Velo Havi Yodeh, Hei Be'emseteva, Hei Be'softeva. But we didn't know the rules. When do you get a final one and when not? And the prophets came and they clarified this and they said, Psukim, the ones that are not completely around the open letters, those are in the middle. Teva, Be'emsa Teva, in the middle of a word. Vistumim, the ones that are go all the way around, those are the, they are the end of the softa. So much so that we, that's what we call them, is the end of mem, the mem sofis, those all are the end of the letters. So really, they were always here. We just didn't, the grammar rules got a little confused, and the prophets came and they taught us how to use the final letters. So the Gemara said, well, you're telling me we didn't know? So, so, fe'elu mitzvah she'elu navi asi l'chadosh davar me'ata. It can't be that they, they, they didn't have the rules, and they set up the rules. So Lamar said, you're right. Ella must be, we really always had those rules. Shachem, we forgot him, the Chazer of Yistam. And they, re, they rebooted him, so to speak. There are a few things like this, unfortunately, that uh, uh, in the Gullus and the passing of time, certain things get forgotten and certain people reinstitute them. There, there are several examples over history where this has happened, where certain things have fallen out of, uh, of disuse or were not known by everybody. And then uh, there came a time where, I mean, uh, uh, one example in our day is the use of Hebrew, you know, where it was, uh, it, it's not a great example because the Sephardim always spoke Hebrew, but, but uh, it was not widely used. And then uh, it kind of got a reboot, you know, it's a, uh, but um, uh, there were things that some people knew, but were forgotten by the masses and the prophets came and they, they uh, reminded everybody how these rules work. Okay, um, moving along. So that teaching we're done with. Now we'll go to another teaching that has nothing to do with the previous teaching other than the author of the teaching. Another teaching in the name of Yirmiya in the name of Barava. And that has to do with famous translations. We have famous translations of Tanakh. And the first translation uh, is, called, uh, is called the Targum. The Targum, literally, we usually say that means to translate. Targum Shel Torah Who's the one who wrote the translation of the Torah? There are certain words in the Torah that we're not so familiar with. Where do we do? We look at Unculus. So where that um, who wrote the Targum? Who wrote the translation? They, they, you know, they used to, when they, wrote, when they read the Torah, they would read the Targum. Where did the Targum come from? So Unculus Agir Amr. It was, it was, it, we got it through Unculus the convert, Mepi Rebbe Lazar Reb Yeshua. And uh, um, he got it from Rebbe Lazar Reb Yeshua. It's interesting that uh, Unculus was really a very famous, well-known person. He had a very, very colorful, uh, uh, just amazing person. But in addition to everything else, he was a Torah scholar. 
and he, the whole translation of the Torah came down through his hands. Targum Shonavim, where did that come from? Yonasan ben Uziel. That came from Yonasan. Uh, where did he get it from? He got it from the prophet. And when he brought it to, uh, brought it, gave it away or wrote it down, the land shook from 400, 400 parses to 400 parses. It means it was a shocker. When it came out, it was like, whoa. So, Yotzebasko, and a voice came out from heaven and said, Me, who's that? Shagilus Tisri Lebanai. Who in the world, who is that who's revealing my secrets to my children? So, it's almost like from the heavens they said, Stop, <laughs> hold it. Who's doing that? Um, and so, uh, so he, he wrote the Targum of the Nevi'im. Now, uh, he was being attacked by the heavens. So what's his response? So, Omed Yonasen ben al-Raglov. He stood on his feet. He's not backing down here, you know. He, he wasn't a renegade over here. He, he stood on his feet. And he says, Anihu, that's me. I'm the one. Shigalisi sisrechel of Adam. He said, I did it. I take, I'm not hiding this. I revealed the secrets. He's speaking to the boss call? Yeah. <laughs> He's a tough guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is a concept that there are hidden things that were not meant to be revealed to everybody, and at certain times they get revealed. And uh, to, even to this day, somewhat there's a debate about, like, Kabbalah, should it be learned by the... Uh, uh, is it is it for you know they have these books Kabbalah for beginners you know it's, uh, it's, it's there, that's a oxymoron there's no such thing as Kabbalah for beginners you know is it is it meant to be taught that way who's revealing those secrets is it uh, is it correct is it not correct now ever since Shabbai Svi uh, we've learned that uh, not everybody that reveals secrets is meant to do so and not everybody does it the correct ask Madonna you know whatever it's a uh, uh, she was learning Kabbalah for a while too, or supposedly. So it's just, um, it's really compli- complicated when things are meant to be revealed. Uh, we didn't have the Zohar for uh, the Zohar, like, uh, 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 you know, it was also a, uh, a hidden work that was only known to a few, and then it became public. Uh, and even to this day, some people learn it all the time, and some people, it's in the study halls, you know, whether you learn Zohar, whether you learn Nista or hidden things. But at any rate, uh, so the Shemaim said, who's giving away the secrets? So he stood up, he said, go be a do of an He said, I didn't do anything wrong. He said, you know, I, if I did it for my own honor, I wanted to be in the you know, New York Times bestseller list, then I'd be in trouble. But I didn't do that for that. Below the covered base Abba, and I didn't do it for, to win some favor for the house of my family. I did it for the honor of Hashem, because we didn't want people to argue about what these things mean. So, uh, therefore, he stood his ground. He was able to stand the challenge of the Baskal. And not only that, he figured, I'm on a roll. So I wrote the Targum of the Targum Shoksufim. So uh, let's finish. We got the Torah, we got the Nevi'im. Let's now have the translation of the Ksuvim. Now the Baskal came out and said, Dayaka, that's enough. No, uh, you can't do any more. So that you can't fight with. The Baskol, before the Baskol just shook a little bit. Now he said, stop. <laughs> Dayecha means enough. Enough is enough. Okay. 
my time, but why did he get the deceased and deceased order from the Baskol? The answer is, Mishum de Isbe Ketz Mashiach. Because the, uh, in the Nevi'im, uh, I'm sorry, in the Ksuvim, in Daniel, is when Mashiach's coming. And uh, as Yaakov Avinu discovered in this week's Parsha, which again is interesting how the timing works out, there's a whole discussion why uh, it's Sasum. Uh, if Yaakov Avinu thought we should know, so why did Hashem say, no, not time, not, not, don't let him know. It's a really interesting, that's a whole separate discussion, what it means knowing the Kates of the Mashiach. Uh, but it seems like Hashem doesn't want us to know. Uh, so therefore, he said, don't write it. So what do all the Mephorshim do? They try to figure it out. That became the thing to do, is, is open a Daniel and try to come up with a formula. So the problem is most of them were for earlier times. So they either Mashiach was supposed to come and didn't, but uh, uh, that's, that's hidden in the book of Daniel. If you want to know when Mashiach is coming, all you need to do is you know, really figure it out. But he could not translate it. Okay. The Targum Shot Torah. Now the one has a question. Uh, and the Targum Shot Torah, Unklus Agir Omer, was that Unklus? I have a Omer of Ika Bar Avin, Omer of Kanino, Omer of Rav, This is in the book of Ezra. Ezra came before Unklus. Uh, and so Ezra, it says, basically did the translation. It says over there that he read from the Torah of Hashem before Shmusum Sechov of Yinu and Mikra of Yikra Besefer Torah Selokim, Zemikra. So now the Gemara is explaining. What does it mean Ezra taught Torah? He brought out the Torah and he read the Torah. Before Zed Targum. And then he also had the translation. Besum Sechov Elu Hapsukim. He taught them where to stop. He also gave them the notes. So. Basically, Ezra, um, at the time of Ezra, they had already the full translation. So how can you say it came hundreds of years later with Unculus? So the Gemara answers, Yeah, we had them, but they got lost. So he, re, he rebooted it. That was, uh, so um, that's fine. So then the Gemara has a question. Why is it, we're in the middle of the page. Why is it that uh, when they translated the Chumash to Lois Daza? The world didn't shake. He, he gave the translation of the Torah of Hashem and no shakes. And, but when he did the Navi, then all of a sudden, wait, hold it. So why is that? The answer is, milsa. The things in the Torah are pretty clear. There's very little in the Torah that's totally hidden. But the Navi, the nature of prophecy, is the Ika Mili There are some things that are clear, the Ika Mili and there's some things that are hidden. There's some. One of the challenges that Bar Mitzvah boys have is that they're taught their Haftorah and they have no idea what it says. They have no idea. It's a little poetic, it's a little hidden, and they're beautiful things. Uh, um, and it's just, it's a little bit of a challenge because, you know, they spend so much time memorizing. You say, well, what does this say? I have no idea. Because it's, 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 it's hidden a little more. So that's why the Torah was, the Torah, they basically get the idea of what it's talking about. So then, and where do you see that? Show me a, an idea of something in the Haftorah that's very mystical that I wouldn't have known without a little help from my friends. How do you know? There was the famous, um, it's talking about actually when Mashiach comes that uh, unfortunately Mashiach ben Yosef isn't going to make it. He's going to be, uh, in other words, in that initial period uh, when the uh, Mashiach will come, it'll come with great birth pangs and difficulties. And uh, Mashiach ben Yosef is going to die. He's going to be very sad to have the, the great Mashiach. Our Mashiach is going to die, Mashiach ben Yosef. 
So, uh, and there'll be a big hespit uh, at that time uh, for him. Now, it'll be like the world-famous hespids. Now, where, what are the world-famous hespids? Kemispet hadrimon bebikus megidion. Just like the famous funeral speech that everybody heard of, of Hadrimon in Megidon. So the problem is, there was no such famous Hespid that anybody ever heard of. So what in the world is Zechariah talking about? That he's trying to say that that's going to be like the most famous Hespid we ever had, and we never heard of that. So, but Omer Yossi, Amole Targum, the High Karlo, Yedanamaika. If it wouldn't be the Targum, we'd have no idea what that's talking about. But Yomahu Yiski Mispid Yushalayim, he said the Hespid will be like the two famous Hespidim, Kemispid Achav Bar Imri, uh, that like the Hespit of Achav, the son of Imri, the Kaltuk Yase Hadriman, he was killed by Hadriman ben Tiveriam, uh, Baramas Gilad. That was one famous Hespit. And the other famous Hespit was Yeshaya bar Amman, the Kaltuk Yase Parachagira. Fa- there were two kingdoms in the Jewish people the ten tribes and the, uh, the two tribes. So the most famous Hespit in the ten tribes was when, uh, when Achav was killed. Achav was descended from Yosef. So his descendant, Mashiach, now Achav wasn't so uh, good. This is one of the interesting things that he married to have a hespit. Sometimes a hespit is on what they could have done. Uh, it really, he, it, some people blame it all on his wife, all Jezebel's fault. You know, had it not been for such an awful wife, he might have been a great king. Uh, but it's brought down, Achav had great potential. He was, again, the, from the tribe of Yosef. But either way, his hespit, he, he had a great, the, you know, the, the whole ten tribes came to his hespit. He was the, of the kings in the ten tribes, he was from the ones that were, so uh, this, the Mashiach ben Yosef will get like his famous forebear. Now, what was the most famous person in Yehuda to have a husband? That we know from the Kinos that we had before. That was Yoshiyahu, the Mispad Yoshiyahu bar Amman the Kato Yasa Parg. He was killed by Paro the Lame in Bikas Megiddo. Uh, and uh, because he, he, he was the one who brought Klaus to Tshuva, and as we had before in, um, uh, in um, whatchamacallit, in, uh, we just finished in, uh, um, uh, in, in, um, not in, uh, in Tynus, sorry, uh, and we just finished it before in Tynus, I was trying, I was going back too far for a minute, we, we had it, we actually had it earlier as well, um, that, um, uh, the, uh, that uh, the, he thought that Hashem promised us that when uh, the, uh, there'll be a bracha, that we won't have to have armies cross through Klau Yisrael, that he could say, what? No trespassers. no trespassers. That he could say no to Paro's army. And uh, the problem was that people weren't worthy of that miracle that we should be able to fight against them. And so when he went to stop them, uh, he was killed in battle. He was, it says he was turned into a shish kebab. He had a lot of arrows sticking out of him. And uh, so his hespid was a huge hespid because he was an amazing leader. He's the one who brought uh, Klaus Yisrael to do tshuva. And uh, if he had a chance to finish his work, who knows, history would have been different. There wouldn't have been no destruction of the base of Middash. But it, either way, those were the two famous funeral speeches. And uh, the, 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 the mixes the two in the words of the prophet. And only by the, the translation do we figure it out. Uh, where does it say, uh, where is that uh, part in Daniel where it mentions the coming of Mashiach? Um, so, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we're not getting to the Mashiach Navua, but there's, 
in, in Daniel, there's another teaching that we're going to have from Yermia. Again, we're changing the subject. Daniel was with Hanani Meshav Azariya, and they, uh, he got a vision from Hashem. And he says, Ani Daniel, first uh, wide line, he said, I, Daniel, saw the men that were with me. I, was, I saw the Nevoah, but even though I was with great prophets, they didn't see it. But they knew something was going on, and they got scared, and they ran away, and they, they hid. So who was those people with him? I'll Rebbe Yirmiya again. So now we again, the, the, this is just connected, because uh, it's a teaching from Rebbe Yirmiya that some people said, But that's the only connection to the previous teaching. It's hard sometimes to just, okay, forget that, new subject. So um, this is another teaching. That when he said that, when Daniel said this, who were the other men? So the problem here is, we thought that Nevi'im are the greatest. So how could Daniel be greater than the Nevi'im? How could he see something that they don't see? In fact, we just a second ago said Nevi'im are called Sophim, people that are seers. So the more explains... He had certain advantages, and they had her. He was greater than them. Uh, they were greater than him, and he was greater than them. They were prophets. He wasn't a prophet. Uh, and, he, and other prophets are that Hashem speaks to them, gives them messages. But this, in the, over here, he saw the vision, but they didn't see them. Prophecy was a specialty. They had to go to prophecy school. Not everybody. In fact, the word says that um, Shoal once was with a Nevi'im and he got Nevu'ah. And the word say, what? Shoal's not a Navi? How could he get Nevu'ah? You know, like you, you had to really work at it. Uh, sometimes when you were amongst prophets and they were getting prophecies, so sometimes a little rains down on everybody who's there. It's, it's like a contagious a uh, little bit. But usually you had to, it was a specialty. You had to study certain things certain way. So, but Daniel wasn't that, wasn't a prophet. So if they didn't really see, why, they, why were they scared? So the more answer, even though they didn't see it, their mazel saw it. It's an interesting thing. We sometimes uh, uh, don't, don't know why we're scared or we feel a certain way. And that's because on the outside, we don't know why, but inside of us, there's something that does notice. Uh, uh, there's there's a, an emotional level, we sense something that we don't see on the rational level. And that there is such a thing that our muscle sees something, just ask Bilam, you know, what was going on. He had no idea what was going on, but he knew something was going on. So, if you're scared, even you don't see anything, you know what? Maybe Mazel Chazi, there's something inside of you is telling you not to do it. Maybe your Mazel sees. So how do you fix this? You don't know what to be, af- you're afraid, but you don't know what it is. So the famous thing to always, uh, the most strongest medicine we have, Likur Kriyashma. Say Shema. That's, if you say Shema, that's very protective. person has a sudden fear, doesn't know why, say Shema. Well, what if you're standing in a, in a field of manure? You can't say Shema right there. So, so then move away from it a, a distance where you could say Shema. And if you don't, so then there's a, 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 just a quick thing you could say. This is like telling the demons, leave me alone. Um, it's like the, uh, the goats in the butcher shop are fatter than me. Uh, you know, pick on someone else. Uh, basically, the, if a person is scared and he doesn't see a, a rational reason to be scared, that means he has certain demons. 
So we fight demons with Shema. We fight it with holiness. But what if we, we can't, uh, can't say Shema? We're not in a place to say Shema. So we say like a quick prayer to the demons, like um, we're asking them, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> find, find better, you know, and sometimes that works too. Okay. Find someone else to pick on, right. But I, again, demons are one of the subjects that I, I'm not an expert on. I, I, don't, I don't take too many questions on demon fighting, but okay. Getting back to Miguel. Finally, we get back to the original subject. So this was just, all of this were just teachings. Uh, each one was fascinating, but they had to do with Ravirmiya and Ravkiya Barava, who taught something about Megillah, but we got off subject. So we were darshaning the Psukim and Megillah that talked about differentials in country. And we said, because in some countries they had multiple days that they could read the Megillah on, and uh, also they had cities and walled cities and different... So that's, the, all those were the wording on the Megillah. And we said that it came to tell you the drushas that we said before. So why does the Megillah say, Mishpacha, Mishpacha, families? What does that teach you? So it's coming to tell you that uh, even a Kohen and even a Levi who are doing very important stuff, the world exists. Because of the Beis Hamikdash, and the Beis Hamikdash isn't supposed to come to a stop. So even the Kohanim Leviim, they put down the Avoda, the Boy Lishma Mikra Megillah. They also have to stop what they're doing and come to Shul. So Amrav Yudah Marav Kohanim Avodas Leviim Bedu Kam Yisrael Manam Kulim Mitayim Avodas and the Boy Lishma and Mikra Megillah. As great as the Avoda is, when it comes to Mikra Megillah, they stop what they're doing and come to hear Megillah. You might have thought that what they're doing is so important um, that they don't stop with the Avoda for anything. No, they do stop for Megillah. And that's what they did. Now, Rebbe, where they taught the Mishnah, so they, they were open 365 days of the year. Purim night they closed. And they said, well, I guess the base of English closed for a Megillah reading we should stop our classes for Megillah reading. And they made a Chavachomer from the Avoda. My Avoda, Shikamura, Avoda, which is very strict, but still, Mevatlin. When it's time for Megillah, we stop the Avoda, Talmud Torah. Certainly, we stop the Talmud Torah, Lakoshikim. We stop the Talmud Torah for Megillah. And how do you know, Vavoda, Chamorim, and Talmud Torah? Is Avoda strict and greater than Talmud? Isn't Talmud Torah the greatest thing? I, Vaksiv. And this is the following teaching. So uh, this is, has to do with a Pasuk in Navi. Yeshua, uh, when he came to conquer Eretz Yisrael, uh, an angel came to him at night with a sword. Not a good thing. When it comes with a sword, it means that uh, he goofed. And he knew that he goofed. When the angel came to him with his sword of destruction, he knew that there, he was getting a warning that he was asking to be sliced up. It says, And he bows down. And, uh, uh, and he bows down to him and he greets him. So, first of all, how did he greet him? You don't say hello to someone at night. When somebody, you see somebody, even spiritual forces at night, it might be from the other side. It might be a demon. You don't greet him. So, how did he know who he was? The Morris said, Shani, it's different there. No, he knew he was from the good side. So again, if, if it's from the, the evil forces, you stay as far away from them as possible. But he knew this was from the that was an angel. So that's why. Ah, Vidilma Mashakri. Maybe he was a lying angel. 
someone meets you at night and says, oh, I'm an angel of Hashem. Well, yeah, I told that to the... Uh, so the Lord said, Even the bad angels won't use Hashem's name. They don't lie as far as that. They use it. So he knew it was an angel. So what did the angel with the sword tell him? Yesterday, you didn't bring the daily offering. And today, you didn't learn Torah. That, that's basically what they did in the, in, in the Mishkan. They did two things. They did the service and they taught Torah. And Yeshua was busy conquering Eretz Yisrael. And uh, they, he stopped both. They use that against him. And yeah, so he said, you blew it. So Omer Lo, so he said, which one of the two is, is or, which one are you coming for? You know, he's got to, can't do two things at once. Which one do you want me to fix? Omer Lo, Atabasi, it's the sin of learning Torah. Not learning Torah. So uh, that was the main reason that the angel was sent, the destructive angel, to warn him that uh, he, he needed to learn Torah. So by the way, you see right away that Torah is more important than the uh, Avodah. Yeah, so, uh, so, so what... They, couldn't it, use the, what, they were basing all that on a call of but really it wasn't a call. It was a call, right, that's right, that's right, that's right. So um, how did he fix it? He says, oh, no problem. It says he... He, he spent the night in the Amik. What does that mean? Are we Yochanan? Malamid Shalan, he toiled. Uh, he spent the night Imuku Shalacha. So he, he studied Torah, like, okay, we need to learn, no problem, we'll learn right now. So all night long, he, all of a sudden, he had a midnight lecture, and they learned Torah all night to fix that problem. That's, that's the good news. If you know, if you, you know, you could fix that. And and that's because Torah is even greater than Karbona, Shinemra Atabasi. So the bottom line is the Kavachomer is no good. So how did they know that the, uh, to close the study hall for Megillah? So the Mora said, Lokasha had the Rabim had the Yachin. It's true, the Talmud Torah of, a, um, of, a, uh, of, uh, of the Rabim uh, is greater than the Avoda. But the Talmud Torah of a Yachin, a private person, should uh, should come to hear Megillah. Let's see. Um, Rashi Talmud Torah the Yachid Bito Milimudo Kal Meavoda Vapurim. So a private person, if you just your private learning, if you're learning in a group, so you're right, the group doesn't stop the learning. But if you're private learning, that's less than Avoda, and certainly you should stop your private learning and go and uh, hear the Megillah. So, um, even private learning, is that so uh, light? We learn to follow it. So, usually we avoid uh, sad things on Cholomoid, uh, but if you have a funeral of a Torah scholar, so then you're allowed to have a funeral, and the women, they're allowed to do ano, uh, inui, uh, they're allowed to answer the, uh, the funeral speech, but they're not allowed to clap. There was a certain, not actually slap. Um, that's a cer- there's a certain, you know, wha- you know, it's like a certain whack that they did. If you know, Shmuel says, yeah, I'm If they're next to the next to the dead body, some etafkos and rosh kodesh ma'anos ume, they could do both but they can't do the sad uh, dirges that they would sing. He says there's no such thing as a holiday when it comes to the funeral of a scholar. So uh, what do you see? You see the Torah uh, comes before um, uh, that Talmud Torah, even of an individual, 
comes before the uh, the avoda and the holidays and everything. So the Morris says that's different. That's kavodah Torah commerce. It's talking about the honor of Torah, not the learning of Torah. It's talking about the importance of Torah altogether. So kavodah Torah the yachid commerce. Uh, it's true. Even the honor of a Torah of an individual's Torah, Talmud Torah to Yachid Kal, but Talmud Torah would be less. Um, so uh, basically, uh, the, the studying of individuals in the study hall would be closed on Purim. The class, maybe not. You don't stop the class in the middle, but you would stop the individual learning. Simple to me, if you have a choice between Avoda and Mikra Megillah, Megillah comes first. Uh, how do you know that? Uh, that's what we learned uh, before the Kavu Chomer. Talmud Torah, Mikri Megillah. What about if it's Talmud Torah, Mikri Megillah, Mikri Megillah Adif? Uh, Mikri Megillah is better, Midasam Pashobay's Rebbe, because you see the house of Rebbe closed the learning. Talmud Torah, Meis Mitzvah. What about if you have Talmud Torah and Meis Mitzvah, which one comes first? Meis Mitzvah is a new concept, somebody that uh, needs to be buried and nobody's taking care of it. So guess what? Meis Mitzvah Adif. The respect due to the dignity of a person that needs to be buried, that comes first. Minitanya, where do you know? You close the learning in order to, to, to take somebody out to the cemetery. to marry somebody off. Avoda u mitzvah. What about the base amigdash and meis mitzvah? Meis mitzvah How do you know? Because from the Kohen Gadol. Kohen Gadol doesn't go to his sister's funeral. The Tanya, it says, he can't go to his sister. My Let's say a Jew is going to bring Korim Pesach, Limulus, Benoah, or give his kid a bris. And he finds out that, uh, this time I hear the Kain Gadol, and he, uh, he hears that he lost a relative, Yoko Yitma. I would have said he should go to the funeral. We say, no, he doesn't. So, but I would have thought, just like he doesn't go to the funeral of his sister, he shouldn't go to the funeral, he shouldn't go if there's a, a body to be taken care of. To his sister, his sister's got other people to take care of her. But Meis Mitzvah would come first, even the Kohen Gadol uh, should take care of that. Boy, Rava. Rava has the fine question, alright, so we, now we know Meis Mitzvah is super duper. So, but what about, and we know Megillah is super duper, but what about if you have the two? You got the Mace Mitzvah and you got the Megillah. Hey, Megillah, Hamanai Adif, which one comes first? So, Morris says, Mikr Megillah Adif. Do you say Megillah comes first? Mishum Pursume Nisa. You have to publicize the miracle. Odilma, Mace Mitzvah Adif, Mishum Kavadabrias. Maybe the honor due to the person that you can't let him just leave the body there. So, that was the question he threw out. Vasi the boy, after he asked it, Hadr Pashi answered it, Mace Mitzvah Adif. He says, No. Meis mitzvah is the greatest thing. The honor due to, to, to show respect uh, you know, for the, the life of a person, that, that uh, pushes off even the law of Sheba Torah. Uh, uh, even uh, uh, the Meis mitzvah is, is the main thing. Okay. So it's referring to the Kohen uh, What's the Losa say Sheba Torah? Um, uh, so... Rashi says, um, he says, Lo tukolis alem, is alem, panmishnatimisanginzakinvainilifikvoto. I think usually a, um, by returning a lost object, an, an elder is exempt. But 
but going to a mes mitzvah, an elder is not exempt. In other words, if a person, uh, his neighbor's goat gets away, uh, and you're not usually at the stage of life where you would pick up a goat and carry it back home, so you're exempt from that mitzvah. If you're, uh, you know, it's just you're not at that stage. Even your own goats you don't pick up, right? So you're exempt. But what about if your person came across their neighbor was deceased, then the, the, he would be obligated. So you see that uh, uh, that it's a um, it's a, even greater than a lo sashay Think that's the limit. Okay, back to the Gemara. Now, uh, getting back to Megillah again. Uh, so again, with our Gemara is kind of famous for getting off topic. So now we get back to topic. Let's get back to what we were talking about. We are talking about uh, the walled cities uh, and who else reads on Shushan Purim. So the walled cities and the little... The, what the nature of it was is the people lived near walled cities and if an army came to attack, so they moved into the walled city until the army passed. But they lived in spacious houses, farms outside the walled city. So they were really part of the walled city. So they would read the Megillah together with the walled city. Uh, now, what do these words come to teach us? So, Tani, we learned, if it's near it, even though it can't be seen next to the city, and if it's seen, even though it's not near it. So, what does it mean it can be seen, it's not near? It's on the top of a mountain. So it can't, they can't get there easily, but when you look, you see it right away. Uh, but how can you be near it and not be seen? If you're in a valley. So in other words, or a valley or a mountain next to a walled city would read the Megillah with the walled city. New question. What about if it was a city that at first was there, but it didn't have a wall, and it got a wall later? So, not in Kukfar. Um, it is judged as a. Um, it's, yeah, it doesn't turn into a walled city because uh, it's not an original walled city. My time It's in a walled city. It has to be that it always had the wall, and then people settled inside. But not that it, he lived there later on. I think that if you put a wall later, it's not the same. In other words. If it's, if it's created as a walled city, that's one kind of thing. Whereas you were there and you put up the wall, it's never the same. A new thing. Uh, how do you define a big city or not? So he says a city that doesn't have at least 10 people there for a minion, not in Kikfar. It's considered the sticks, considered a village. In other words, a, a big city means where you go and you find a minion. If you're not going to find a minion there then it's not uh, doesn't get classified as a big city. My Kamashma Tanita, didn't we learn Azi Yirgadola? What's a big city? You have ten people around. Balana means that they're available for a minion. Mikan, if you're not gonna get ten, Harizekfar, it's a village. Krakitsikle. The more said, I'll tell you why. Afagafta Mikalemala, sometimes they got a lot of people. still it's it's gotta be a big city that always has people around. What about if it was destroyed and then it was rebuilt? Nadin Kakrak, it gets its original status. What does it mean? It's, you know what? We'll stop here in the middle of this discussion about the walled cities that are no longer walled or that, that uh, used to be walled and get their walledness back. Okay. <laughs>